Blue fans, this is Justin Cox and Cameron Kennedy. We are the Between the Uprights NFL show. Well, fans, football season is officially upon us. Last weekend, we had our opening weekend of games. We got a lot to get through, but we're also now in the season mode. So that's going to include our storylines and our uh, breakdowns of um, um, our breakdowns of the, the upcoming games for the week two slate. So we got a lot to get to. Without further ado, let's get to it. First off, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night in the season opening game beat the Cowboys, but it was a lot closer than the experts thought. Spread this game ended about nine points, but the Cowboys kept it close. They only got beat 31-29. What did you see from this game out of the Bucs or the Cowboys that impressed you? For the Bucs, it was... No, not the Bucs. For the Cowboys, it was the defense. They won the turnover battle 4-1. to They only, They held... Tampa Bay to 52 rushing yards. So if you just look at that side alone, you would think they blew them out, but they didn't. Another thing is Cowboys got New Orleans up in that bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. That was definitely a push off. He switched directions and everything. So to me, it never even sh- that pass never even should have been a completion. Yeah, and it's the second year in a row that the Cowboys have been screwed out of their season opener. With a play like that, because last year it was the Amari Cooper phantom push-off. Yeah. Or was it Michael Gallup? Yeah, it was Michael Gallup phantom push-off. Yeah. But, I mean, Dak looks amazing. I mean, you could tell there's a couple times like he was favoring one ankle, but that's going to happen. He just came off a major injury. He still was throwing the ball 58 times, so they obviously have faith that he's healthy again. I'd watch out for the Cowboys. I hate to say it, but I think they're going to have a really good year. Yeah, the uh, the Cowboys' defense has improved. That said, Tom Brady and the Bucks' offense still had a field day. Despite the two picks, Brady still put that defense apart. And uh, to counteract it, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott had the answer. They loaded up the Bucks, loaded up the box to stop Zeke which lost opportunities through the air. Back into the game with 403 yards and three touchdowns. And his first game back since that dramatic uh, injury last year. I really like this Cowboys team going forward. I said in my preseason preview that I was really high on these guys. And this shows that, you know, I, I don't think that either team lost. I just think the Bucks won. But both teams are really, really going to be good this year. I agree. <laughs> but another thing, if the Cowboys want to be to get over that hump, you should probably run Zeke more than 11 times in one game. Another game where I feel like that involves the other team that played in the Super Bowl this past year as the Chiefs beat the Browns after being down for most of the day. But uh, this was a really fun, exciting game. The Chiefs won 33-29. What did you see from either side that impressed you? <laughs> Tyreek Hill. 11 <laughs> catches, 197 yards. Yeah, and then that, that play that made it 29-27, passing to him, it was literally the, the Tyreek Hill, fuck it, he's down there somewhere for me. Oh, was, was that the 75-yard one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was impressed by the Browns' ability to hold that lead for so long. But when you're going up against Mahomes, you can't stop scoring. You gotta, you gotta keep finding a way to get it up there. 
because you know he can score in two seconds. So it's something that Browns are going to have to learn. I still think they're they're going to make the playoffs again. They they might even win the division, but they got to find a way to not blow a lead. Don't be in Atlanta. Don't be in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, uh, I I was really impressed by the Browns. They they did screw up at the end as they fumbled a uh, punt only up to 29-27 that cost them the game finally. But overall, though, it was a great showing from this team. They looked legit, and Baker Mayfield himself also had a really strong game. Now, the one thing I do have concern with, though, is the Browns uh, player, uh, Ronnie Harrison, fighting with the Chiefs assistant coach, swinging his helmet and almost didn't get ejected. There is some serious cause for concern with some of the defensive players on this team because it's not the first time that uh, a player has gotten into a fight and swung a helmet. Well, he just Did wanted the Miles. He just wanted the Miles Garrett attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we all know their defense is known to be dirty. It's okay. But yeah. Um, the other team that was in the AFC championship game last year was the Bills, and uh, they did not live up to expectations on Sunday as they got beat by the Steelers 23 to 16. I gotta say, I was really surprised by this result. Me too. And the, so I'm get, getting my ass kicked at work at this point, so I got to see a little bit of it. But from what I saw, they started off pretty, pretty good. It's just. That Steelers defense is is tough, and and your boy just got paid, so it's it's only going to get tougher. They're only going to expect more from them. I think the Bills are just waking up. I give them a couple of weeks, and when they play again, I think it's going to be a completely different story. Yeah, those bad habits showed right up for uh, for uh, Josh Allen again. He was only thirty for fifty one. And he overthrew receivers consistently on the day. The offense was, uh, the uh, offense from the Steelers was nothing special, but their defense completely won this game. The difference in the game was a block punt touchdown. And uh, the Steelers honestly look exactly like they did last year. They struggled, their run game struggled, but their defense won the game. It's going to be interesting to see how long they can keep this jig up. Yeah. The other Pennsylvania team was the Eagles who blew out the Falcons. And um, just a quick question. Kyle Pitts, only four catches, 31 yards in his debut. I'm not going to hold it to him too much because uh, rookie tight ends historically really struggle in their debuts. But what happened to your boy? And I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't. I just don't think they were ready for this matchup at all. And I did not think it was going to be a blowout like this. Jalen Hurts. I still have questions about him. I don't know if he's going to consistently be able to do this. But Matt Ryan, dude, it's, it's time to give it up. Yeah, Hurts looked legitimately good. He threw that touchdown to Devontae Smith in the same corner of the same end zone where he caught the touchdown against Georgia in the Natty. Okay. In the game of 264 passing yards, 62 rushing yards, and three total touchdowns, I was really impressed by his output. I've got to say, I'm someone that was not a fan of Jalen Hurts ever. Like, yeah. I, I love his story. I just did not think he was a good quarterback. 
if he plays like that and can do it consistently, I might end up having to eat a little bit of crow. Or in this case, he has eagle. Oh, yeah. So if they... If- <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I'll make that. I'll make that deal with you in a little bit. Hold on. So, if Hurts makes the playoffs this year, you have to wear a Jalen Hurts jersey. Sure. Oh, there we go. Sure. Put it on the board. <laughs> and then you have to put hashtag my heart hurts. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Now, now that I might be down for though, that's funny. But that's I might be down for that. Um, and then again, maybe, I have big concerns with the Falcons' defense. Like you didn't even show up. Yeah, uh, like it's, it doesn't. Be really interesting to see if um, um, this is just a sign from the Eagles, or if it's a sign more of the Falcons. But I think that either way. There's either a lot of happiness on one side, or there's a lot of cause for concern. Yeah. Keeping um, it was an uh, NFC South team, but this one actually did not disappoint. The Saints completely routed the Packers in Jacksonville, thirty-eight to three. I I watched part of this game, uh, and in the second half, when Rodgers was throwing all the picks. I gotta say, I was stunned. Okay, so there's two there's two ways to look at this story. Let's see there. He's just really unhappy there, and that's leading to bad play. Or is this his last fu tour to Green Bay? Like, hey, you thought you thought we were gonna make the playoffs one last time with me? Guess what? We ain't doing shit. He's just gonna sit there like <laughs> stupid. Yeah, a little fun fact for you. Spiking the ball into the ground every play gives a quarterback rating of thirty nine point six. I shared this. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had a thirty two point nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what shocked me more: Aaron Rodgers' piss poor performance or freaking Jameis Winston throwing five touchdowns and zero picks. Yeah, and that Saints defense just shutting down this what we thought was going to be a, a beyond explosive season for Adams and Rogers. Yeah. And that makes the question because if, if this is all it took, then it's going to open up the greatest what if in NFL history. And it's probably going to be the funniest often razor moment I can personally think of. Did Jameis just need LASIK? <laughs> like yeah. seriously, did all he need was LASIK? We knew he squinted on the field like we saw it. And he got LASIK Last season with the Saints, his first game back, 150 yards, five touchdowns. By the way, it's also the first time in history a quarterback has thrown that many touchdown passes on that few yards. But he looked legit good. And I'm wondering if all he needed was LASIK, because if so, can you imagine if the Bucks would have gotten it for him? Exactly. would be on the team right now. Exactly. Like that that'd be the greatest what if in history if that's all that Jameis needed was just slice it. Well let, let's see how the rest of the season goes. But yeah, I mean to do that against such a good team in the opening opening week, you're making a good case. Yeah. And meanwhile, putting on his best traditional game of aggression, Aaron Rodgers had a stretch where he threw 
two touchdowns in three play, uh, two interceptions in three plays. He only threw five interceptions all last year combined. And the second one of those, the arm punt near the end of the game. So he really didn't want to be there. He eventually did get benched for Jordan Love. But what's one thing you want to point out, you know who the last team was that got beat 38-3 by the Saints? Who? Oh, the Bucks. Last year. Okay, but it's not Tom Brady. I'm sorry. Fair, but it's Aaron Rodgers. True, but it's the Aaron Rodgers who can't get past the championship game anymore to even make it to the Super Bowl. Now, that game was played in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Michigan, the home team, the Jaguars <gasps> got blown out by the Texans by Tyrod Taylor. It was a rough debut for Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. It was thirty-four to seven at one point before they got before the game got closer near the end. I was stunned by this. Why about you? I was stunned only because I didn't think Tyrod Taylor still had anything left. He he balled out. Mark Ingram actually showed up. Brandon Cooks, five catches for 132 yards. I'm more shocked, though. Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 51 times in his debut. You, are you even trying to establish a running game? Your running back had nine carries. Yeah, uh, this was a complete nightmare. They're, Jaguars. they're trying to make turn him into a Jameis. Three touchdowns, yeah, three they, picks. Yeah, they they got blown out by possibly the worst team in the league. It was a nightmare day. Lawrence with those free picks, I was really surprised. And have you seen where there's already jokes about the Urban might leave no. Jacksonville already? Uh-huh. It's rebuilding <laughs> season. He's got to go. <laughs> now, now, sticking with his Florida team, except one that actually did look good, Dolphins beat the Patriots in New England. Uh, there's a lot to take from this game. Where do you want to start? <sighs> okay. The New England offense does look a lot better. I still don't think Mac Jones is the answer. He, he didn't do bad, but again, he's going into a he's going into a good system where they just got spent a shit ton of money to get these offensive players to get more defensive players. But I think Tua looked really good. He kept he stayed poised even when it was close. He didn't let it he didn't let it affect him and he led his team to a win. My big concern though is Jalen No, Jalen Waddle. I think they should try to get him more touches, more catches. Yeah, Tua led the team to win, and his stat line wasn't anything spectacular, but he did stay poised. And that touchdown on Jalen Waddle that gave the lead was it was never relinquished. Uh, on the other side with the Patriots, though, Mac Jones, I felt actually looked like the perfect Josh McDaniels quarterback. Now, no, I'm not saying the perfect quarterback. I'm not saying a great quarterback. I'm just saying for McDaniels' system, it looked like the perfect quarterback. It would have won had it not been for dumb turnovers uh, with fumbles due, uh, from the running backs and penalties that he had nothing to do with. Yeah. Wilson did kind of black out with that backwards pass early in the game, but it was recovered uh, in comparison to the multiple fumbles that the running backs had in the day. 
Now, another team that uh, uh, from the AFC with that Patriots connection, though, that also lost was the Titans, except they didn't keep it respectable. They got blown out by the Arizona Cardinals at home. Uh, I was kind of stunned by just how big the margin of victory was in this one. But what was your main takeaway? Uh, Derrick Henry, how the fuck do you go over 2,000 last year and you start open the season with 58 rushing yards? Yeah. Uh, and so that's telling me that just the addition of TJ Watt to this Cardinals defense has tremendously helped. Or JJ Watt. Well, here's the other thing, too. So, Arthur Smith left to go to the Falcons. And they're now trying to run a different run scheme from last year because Arthur Smith's run game relies on using wide receivers and tight ends to heavily block. So, what they did last year was they ran a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends in, uh, on the offense, as well as Corey Davis playing a little bit inside at wide receiver. He's a very good blocking wide receiver. And that created plenty of blocking lanes for this Titans team where they could uh, double team guys and get Derrick Henry to the second level. Well, now they're going to much more traditional zone blocking scheme where it's basically mono a mono, and the Titans haven't run that in a long time. I think there could be serious cause for concern for this Titans office built on the run when they're running more 11 personnel and their wide receivers aren't nearly as good at blocking. Yeah. Also. Okay. Julio Jones only got targeted six times. You have one of the best wide receivers in the game, you should be targeting him more. I know there's, I know you have other options, but I just don't know if that's age and he's just slowing down or what, but Kyler Murray looked really good. Yeah, Kyler took advantage of that Titans defense all day, and that Titans defense just looks awful. And DeAndre Hopkins. But Tannehill did the Titans as well. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, you mentioned that Julio's hardest. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones combined stat one. Seven catches, 78 yards. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, six catches, 83 yards. Yeah, please tell me how you're going to win if your top two receivers combined for that low of a total. Exactly. And, so, and your star running back, 17 carries for 53 yards. So I can kind of forgive the money issue. The passing of the defense, that's just awful. That's true. Um... Keeping it with another AFC versus NFC battle, the Chargers went east and beat the Washington football team in Washington. Uh, now, there were some big storylines on the field, and we'll discuss a few of them. But also, there was a big one off the field when the sewage line got busted during the game. Well, it was kind of ironic given Dan Snyder's ownership, but uh, I, I hear they're looking for a new team name. It's too bad the Browns is already taken. <laughs> Oh, um, I got. I got to admit, thank you, Jimmy Fallon, for that joke. I saw that and I died laughing. Okay, this was a close one. I will say, if Fitzpatrick didn't get hurt, I, I think it could have been a different story. But where is this one? 
I think the game's not this close without the defense of, of Washington. I mean, Antonio Gibson, 20 carries, didn't even break 100 yards. Austin Eckler, though, that was 15 carries, 57 yards. Keenan Allen looked really good, though. Yeah, the Chargers uh, offense struggled against that top-notch defense, and they all and they almost lost to Taylor Heineke. Now we're going to discuss Fitz's injury a little bit more later, but I do want to say Heineke actually didn't look bad, which is weird to say. But down the stretch, the difference was Justin Herbert made the plays and he won the game. I I like this Chargers team. I thought that the uh, that Washington might end up winning this one, so. I was impressed to see Herbert get a big win in a tough environment uh, in a one o'clock time slot at 10 a.m. Uh, local time and traveling against a really good defense. I was impressed by Herbert in this game. Finally, our last game we're going to cover was the last game of the week, which was also the last game of the week, and I have no problem saying that. The Raiders. Outlasted the Ravens in a truly wild finish. Watching this game and being in several different group chats, I kind of had the same reaction as like the Vince McMahon meme where he just goes crazy and crazier and crazier and falls off the chair. Okay. Like that was literally me watching this game. I thought the game was over on that Brian Edwards touchdown. It was a little short, and then Carr picked off, and the Ravens fumbled the ball back, and the Raiders got a touchdown. Uh, to win the game. This is the first time the Ravens have won a 14-point lead in the game since 2004. They're 81-0 in that stretch. And it was before Harbaugh when Brian Billick was still a head coach. Uh, this was a wild, wild game. But what was your main takeaway? Uh, like I said, with all the running back injuries that the, that the Ravens have faced... You're gonna. They're asking way too much out of one player. They're basically saying, "Okay, our best defensive players hurt. All of our running backs got hurt. We just had to sign three aging, aged running backs that nobody else wanted. Just, just so it's not all on Lamar. And even then, Lamar, twelve carries, eighty-six yards, thirty. He threw thirty times, completed nineteen for two thirty-five. No picks, but one touchdown. That's all fun in games, but when you're going against somebody who can actually throw the ball, like Derek Carr, and sling it all game long and find open people, you got to find a way to switch things up. Maybe not run as much. Like If he continues to run, you're just wasting clock at that point. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the thing is, we came in this game, I think Lamar was the you know, former MVP and the top-notch quarterback, and Derek Carr was... Uh, he, he's got a very mixed reception. Let's just put it that way. Personally, I'm high on him, but very mixed reception. Lamar struggled, though. He put the ball on the ground three times and lost two fumbles, whereas Derek Carr was on fire. And 435 passing yards, and he took advantage of a COVID defense where the Ravens decided to socially distance from Raiders receivers down the stretch. <laughs> I hate um, you. <laughs> Overall, though, this was a really, really exciting, good game. Um, and it was a hell of a way to start off the Monday Night Broadcast. Also, I'm kind of disappointed 
How the hell did you not put Matthew Stafford's first game in this lineup? Because I didn't think it was noteworthy enough, given that uh, he was playing against Andy Dalton and he played against Justin Fields, we would have discussed it. Yeah, but I wanted to discuss how, okay, you're going to put Justin Fields in every now and then, right? If you want to see what your rookie quarterback can do as opposed to what Andy Dalton's been doing the entire game, don't put him in for one play. Give him a series. Let's say, okay, let's, let's let him go out there. He can run the series. Not Oh, come, come in for one play, and as soon as this play's over, sprint off so Dalton can come back in. I agree with you on that. And that the Bears were another team that decided to play that COVID defense because Stafford had two 50-plus yard touchdown bombs. Oh, I know. If, both of them are wide open. You ask me right now, Stafford, if, if you go off week one performance, he's probably number one in MVP right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, based off of week one production, Jameis is probably number one because he's on pace for 85 touchdowns. It's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, but we're going off just purely based on week one. Okay, but I'm going off yards in total. I, I don't know. Uh, Stafford just looked really good. And that is yeah, that is a Stafford produced, like him and McVay got together and created an offense and created plays that they both liked. So it's not like Jameis doesn't do that. So it's saying a lot more when you helped create the offense that's destroying Oh, I agree. I, I, I personally think Stafford has to be one of the favorites from the MVP this year. Yeah. I don't put him number one, but I probably put him number two. Well, I have Mahomes at one, but I'm just saying based off week one performance. Same. I actually watched that entire game because I was off by that point. So, um, Moving on, we're going to go to this week's storyline. We've got a couple. Two of them are injury related and the other is extensions related. Also, First, it's not in your storyline, but we might have, we might get a forfeit already. Yeah. So we made our outline before this news broke. The New Orleans Saints have six offensive coaches, one player who is actually, this has been confirmed, we think is Michael Thomas, and one staff member have all contracted COVID and could be out. And this could lead to the first forfeit of the season for the Saints. Uh, this is just a wild developing story that we're going to have to follow more as we goes on. We are recording this at 12.38 a.m. Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. So things are liable to change before Sunday, but this is going to be a, definitely a story to uh, keep an eye on. We talked in the preseason about new protocols for uh, COVID for NFL players. But what we didn't think was going to be a situation was a forfeit due to coaches. Right. So I think this is really interesting. Yeah, I'm ex- it's going to be weird to see how they handle it. But I'm hoping, I mean, the Saints look good and it's it'll be nice to have them back into, you know, playoff contentions. But if they can't get their shit together with COVID, they might not even have a shot. Yeah, going a little bit out of order on our outline uh, feeds into a natural transition. Marshawn Lattimore for the Saints got a massive extension. He deserves it. Five years, $98 million. And this follows on the heels of TJ Watts' massive extension of four years for $112 million. Personally, as a former linebacker, I'm really glad to see defense players getting paid mad money. Well, they listen because Big Ben, I mean, his production is going down, but he was smart. He said, give TJ whatever he wants. 
Yeah, did you see where TJ Watt said that, uh, or he went in against what his agents said, signed the deal, and then excused himself to go work out? Huh. Absolute baller move. He said, no. All right, I'm going to go get better. See you. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, our, our next storyline is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, the hip subway station is going on the IR. Taylor Hines, he's going to be the new starting quarterback. They're saying Fitzpatrick is likely to be out six to eight weeks, but doesn't look good because speaking from a medical standpoint, hip injuries take longer to heal, especially for quarterbacks. As to it, is, it is so important having that hip motion in your throwing motion. So I think this has a serious red flag for the uh, Washington football team. You know what I'm going to say? You, you sure already know what's coming. What? Call my boy Cam. Yeah. Call my boy Cam. You had a coach who, when when coaching Cam Newton, they looked unstoppable at times. With the offense that fits his play style. Call my boy Cam. Look, Cam and I had a messy breakup a couple of years ago. But that being said, I actually agree with you here. I do think they should get Cam Newton. But that wasn't a Rivera breakup. That was Matt Rule. Rivera got Rivera got fired midway through the season. Yeah, and then Cam didn't get cut till Rule got in. Yeah. So call my the boy. Other big, the other big injury note: Jerry Judy suffered a high ankle sprain. Now, when he suffered it, looked like it might have been a lot worse. But it is really bad having a high ankle sprain because it doesn't matter how long he's officially out. He's not going to be fantasy relevant for the rest of the year. Michael Thomas had the same injury last year. And he's still out with that. Good thing I so, didn't pick him up. So I think the Broncos offense is going to take a massive. I agree. It's I mean they already have a lot of young receivers, so just taking out one of those best ones with the injury is going to put more defenders on Sutton, and it's going to make his production go down as well. So with yeah. one injury, you're taking you're causing two receivers' productions to go way down. Um, now finally we're going to move on to our game picks and our gamblers corner so first off our game picks we're going to start with the AFC East battle and why I think it's going to be the battle for the division with the Buffalo Bills traveling to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins who do you think wins this game and why okay I think I think if Josh Allen is going to go back, watch that game tape, and get a reality check, I think the Dolphins are good, but at times they look slow against the Patriots last week. I'm going to go Bills, but I don't even think they cover the three and a half point spread. So I'm going to go Bills by three. I'm actually going different for you. I got the Miami Dolphins here. I was not sold on the Bills after last week because of their offensive struggles. And I was already expecting a setback before the season for this team, but the Finns defense can take advantage in the same way that the Steelers did. Don't forget about the heat and the humidity also affecting this game. And Tua doesn't need to be incredible to win. He just needs to be mistake-free. I think he can do that here. I got the Finns winning this. Okay. <laughs> Moving up north, we have the Rams, who we just talked about, uh, going on to face the Indianapolis Colts. 
in, in the second straight week that the Colts have faced an NFC West team. Who do you think ends up winning? I got Rams, and I think they can weigh. So they're four point favorites. I think if the Colts aren't careful, they're going to lose by 14. I agree with you there. The Colts did not look good last week. Now, it's worth noting, Frank Reich is 1-4 in his first game of the season with the Colts. So, he, you can't look too much in week one. But the Rams truly look great. Their defense lit it up. And Stafford had a great day himself. I really like this Rams team overall. There's a chance they could be the best team in the NFC. I'm taking them over the Colts. Okay. Same with the NFC West, though. We're going to go uh, to the next battle, but a game up east with the uh, San Francisco 49ers traveling east to face Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you think wins and why? I'm going 49ers. They looked really good last week. Well, I don't know. They did give a 33 points to the Lions. They were up 38 10, though. I know, but you won 41 to 33 against the Lions. Kyle Shanahan has a history of letting teams back into it, but it's not exactly a good thing. Yeah, I know, but when you're playing a team like the Eagles, you can't let them stay close. Because if that was the Eagles last week, they, they easily could have lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going, going Niners here. I'm going Eagles by four. I'm going Niners here. They look dominant before letting the Lions keep backing up. They can keep their foot on the pedal. This one will be close. Okay. The Eagles looked good last week. Yeah. The Falcons should just be really bad. I don't think they can rule out that possibility. So I got the Niners here. Can we talk about how, real quick how the Lions are first in the division? They're all 0-1, but they put up the most amount of points, which means they have the the point breaker. So they are first. It goes Lions, Vikings, Bears, Packers are in last. That is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> the freaking Lions. And by the way, good call on that tight end. <laughs> Mentioning uh, going from worst to first, we have the Raiders taking on the other team in the uh, state of Philadelphia or in the state of Pennsylvania, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you think ends up winning this one? Why? I'm going with Steelers. The Ravens, yes, the Raiders picked apart their defense, but you have to remember, Marcus Peters, the leader of that defense, towards ACL, so he's not playing. So he's out, which is a big hit to a defense when you lose your leader. T.J. Watt is the leader of the Steelers' defense, and like you said, he excused himself from signing as soon as he signed his contract to go work out. Like, this dude does not play games. If the Steelers' offense can perform better than last week, they should have no problem. Five and a half point spread. I have Steelers by six. I got Pittsburgh here as well. The steel curtain D should expose the Raiders' weaknesses on the offensive line and give Carr more trouble than he had against the Ravens last week. And just like with Tua, Ben doesn't need to be great. He just needs to be mistake-free. Najee Harris, running back, should have an opportunity to take advantage of the front seven that showed weaknesses against the rushing attack from the Ravens. I've got the Steelers here. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do pick Pittsburgh to win this one. Okay. 
Moving out west with the uh, with America's team, we got the Cowboys taking on the Chargers. First of all, how the hell are the Chargers three point favorites? Because okay, you know how Vegas sets betting lines. No. Right. So basically, the Chargers being three point favorites means it would be a pick them on a neutral site. Because the home team give, is given three a three point advantage. Okay. I'm going Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys big. I know that they played the Washington defense last week, and that's probably why they only put up 20 points. But from what I saw from the Cowboys defense last week, they have significantly improved against a great offense that they were playing last week. I still think Dak is going to be hungry. You could you could just tone the sideline last week. This boy wants it. He's over there hyping his teammates up. He's over there talking to everybody, making sure everybody knows what's going on. Like he wants it. I'm going Cowboys, and I'm going Cowboys by ten. I'm going Cowboys here as well. They, they, I was honestly blown away by their showing last week. They should have beaten Tampa. And that's a spot very few teams win. Going against the defending champion in the opening night game. I mean, when was the last time you saw the defending champion get beat? It's been a long, long, long time since that happened. And the Cowboys put up a hell of a showing. Meanwhile, the Chargers almost lost to Taylor Heineke. Now, Heineke's looked good in his two games I've seen him play in, but it's still... Taylor Heineke. So I'm going with Cowboys here. Um, going to the battle of the bird, or to a battle up with a bird, should say. Um, got another NFC West team here. Uh, got the Titans going west to face the birds, the Seattle Seahawks. This game's going to be played at CenturyLink Field. How do you think things shape out? Well, if you asked me last week, I would have been like, it's a close game. But the way their whole new run game is going or not going and the way they're not even utilizing Julio or A.J. Brown. Um, Seattle's five and a half point favorites. I think Russ Cooks again. I'm going I'm taking Seattle 28 to 10. I got the Seahawks here as well. The Titans look like absolute dog shit against the Cardinals. And that was at home. This is on the road and one of the toughest places to play in the entire NFL. I think Derek Henry will have a better day, but the offensive struggles are going to persist. And that's not to mention going a defense going against Russ, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Chris Carson. I think this could be a bloodbath for the Titans. I got to see my big here. Finally, our Sunday night game, we got the Chiefs traveling east to take on the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs have had the Ravens number in recent years. Do you think that continues here? Oh, yeah. I think uh, uh, Lamar Jackson is going to stay winless against my boy Mahomes. Uh, I think that there's too many injuries on this team for the Ravens. And you're, you're looking at a Chiefs team who just boosted their offensive line. Tyreek Hill's already playing out of his mind. You still have Travis Kelsey. Even... The third and four receivers speed is beyond what most receivers have. And you have a boy and you have a guy named Patrick Mahomes. I think it's way too much for this Ravens team to overcome. Kansas City's three and a half point favorites. I'm going Kansas City big. I think it's a two touchdown game easy. 
I agree with you 100% on that. The Ravens showed clear signs of concern against the Raiders in secondary. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have dominated the Ravens historically due to having a good game plan for Lamar. With Lamar also playing with a weaker secondary and weaker rushing attack, this seems like a very easy call here. I got the Chiefs. I got them big. So all that leads to this, our gambler's corner. Now, lastly, green one made some decent money. Uh, hopefully, I can do the same for you here. Uh, what does your betting slip look like, Ken? Okay. <clears throat> I have Chiefs over Ravens. Pack, no, I'm not even going to do that. Seahawks over Titans. Cowboys over Chargers. Uh, Patriots over Jets. Rams over Colts and Browns over, oh, Saints over Panthers. So for me, I've got the Dolphins over the Buffalo Bills. It pays at 64 odds, so $5 minus $7.50. Like there's odds, and I do like two here. I've got the Cowboys plus three versus the Chargers. It pays at 10 to 11 odds, $5 bet wins $4.54. And listen, I can see the Chargers winning this game. I can't see them winning by more than a field goal. The field goal here with the Cowboys being a plus three is a push. So I will take that odds. And then finally, I got a money line parlay for you here. We have the Chiefs over the Ravens, probably with the Rams over the Colts. Those two things together, it's a 1.25 to one odds. So a $5 bet hits $6.25. Well, fans, thank you very much for joining us again this week. I'm Justin Cox. I'm Cameron Kennedy. Here, the Between the Upright NFL Show.